Welcome to the Choose You Netcast. This is Jim Langlois with the word from Joshua 24, 15. Choose you this day whom you will serve, but as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. It's my prayer that this netcast will encourage and cheer you on as we join forces to draw the line in the sand, defending our faith and our households in the resurrection power of Jesus. Join me each weekday as we dig deeply into God's amazing word and bring up the rich treasures of his blessings. Are you ready? Choose you this day whom you will serve. But as for me and my house, me and my house, me and my house. I said, choose you this day whom you will serve. But as for me and my house, me and my house, me and my house. Good morning, NetWorld, and thank you for tuning in. We're continuing with our series called Two Kingdoms. And our text scripture is Galatians chapter 6, verses 7 through 8. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever a man sows, that he will also reap. For he who sows to his flesh will of the flesh reap corruption. But he who sows to the Spirit will of the Spirit reap everlasting life. And I've been describing a picture with two sides. The left side is God's kingdom. It's a kingdom of eternal light, eternal life, victory. It's full of love, joy, peace, patience, humility, faith, morality, justice, health, happiness, wisdom, knowledge, deliverance, prosperity, forgiveness, and confidence. And that side of the picture is light. And then there's a line. And on the other side of the line, on the other side of the page, is a world of darkness. It's Satan's kingdom. It's eternal death. It's depression, hopelessness, immorality, injustice, calamity, tragedy, sickness, disease, weakness, fear, floods, plagues, guilt, shame, poverty, lack, weeping, sorrow, pain, suffering, hate, murder, and destruction. And we've been talking about how even Christians can go from God's kingdom of light to Satan's kingdom of darkness through rebellion and disobedience. But the way back to God's kingdom of light is through repentance and faith. And yesterday we were talking about man's law versus God's law. And we've been mentioning four major areas that I'm very concerned about. They are the assembly of the saints, murder of the innocent being abortion, sexual immorality of all kinds, and same-sex marriage. And in all actuality, three of them can be grouped together because they're so closely related. And that would be the murder of the innocent being abortion, sexual immorality, and same-sex marriage because God has declared them all sexually immoral, and abortion is just to cover up an inconvenient sin. And yesterday we were talking about how Jesus summed up the Ten Commandments into two. Mark chapter 12, verses 29 through 31. Jesus answered him, The first of all the commandments is, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. And you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. This is the first commandment. And the second, like it is this, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than these. Now, many have watered down the words of Christ by redefining the word love. They have done this to justify sexual immorality of all kinds, and they've designed laws by man to make it so. But really, have they? Well, it's evident to me that Jesus did not water down any of the Ten Commandments Rather, he raised the bar on them, and he said that hatred can actually be a type of murder, 
And even what we look at and think in our hearts can be a type of adultery. But yesterday we were talking about the definition of sexual immorality. What is sexual immorality and, and who defines what it is and who defines its boundaries? Does adultery apply only to those who are married? Is pornography, homosexuality, living together and having sex, fornication, pedophilia, bestiality, are all those things okay? And can we define them okay because they could be included in the definition of love? Well, it's amazing that God loves us so much, he gives us free choice to do whatever we want. He'll not stop us. He gives us the right to govern ourselves accordingly, even to make laws however we want. It's funny how we don't make laws saying that lying and stealing are okay, but we do try to justify it. But everyone knows that lying and stealing are wrong. I'm not surprised that the world is accepting new definitions of what is sexually immoral. I fully expect that to continue. But my concern is with those who confess Christ. Why am I concerned? Because society, both sinners and saints alike, will reap what they sow no matter what the laws of men say. It breaks my heart knowing the destruction of lives and marriages and children that is taking place and growing in society. You see, I know something. It's a law that no one can change. We will reap what we sow, whether we sow to the flesh or to the spirit, whether we want to operate in God's kingdom in the light of his word or whether we want to operate in the kingdom of Satan in the darkness of his sin. God will not be mocked. Corruption or life, the choice is ours. This is not a hate speech, it's a direct warning, a wake-up call, a reality check from the Lord. You see, God has defined what is sexually immoral, and it's very clear in his word. It's clear from Genesis through Revelation. It's not hidden, and it's no mysterious secret. And if we're willing to accept it, we see two kingdoms and one battle. Whose army are you in? Whose definition of morality and laws will you accept? In other words, we could say, who is your Lord? Well, in the next passage we're about to read, we'll see two kingdoms and two builders. Listen to Matthew chapter 7, verses 21 through 27. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name, cast out demons in your name, and done many wonders in your name? And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. Therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, I will liken him to a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rain descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew and beat on that house, and it did not fall, for it was founded on the rock. But everyone who hears these sayings of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. And the rain descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew and beat on that house, and it fell, and great was its fall. You see, remember, the law of sowing and reaping is true for both sinners and saints. Anyone can hide it if they want to, but it won't work. Galatians chapter 6, verses 7 through 8 again. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever a man sows, that he will also reap. For he who sows to his flesh will of the flesh reap corruption. But he who sows to the Spirit will of the Spirit reap everlasting life. Remember, two kingdoms. On the left, it's a kingdom of light. It's God's kingdom. It's a kingdom of love, peace, patience, confidence, forgiveness, victory, but we have full ability and choice to cross the line through rebellion and disobedience 
to enter into Satan's kingdom, a kingdom of darkness, a kingdom of failure, destruction, pain, suffering, poverty, and lack, hate, and murder. But again, anyone who's on that side, it's very easy to cross the line again back into God's kingdom of eternal life and eternal light through repentance and faith. Let's talk about repentance and faith some more. As I have stated, crossing the line or moving from one kingdom to the other in our actions and attitudes can be accomplished very quickly. Through the decision of rebellion and disobedience, you can instantly be involved with the kingdom of darkness. Through things like lying, stealing, blasphemy, or sexual immorality, you can be sowing to the flesh and planting your garden, so to speak, in the kingdom of darkness. This is not a good idea because you can get yourself in a lot of trouble and reap some very regretful fruit. The same process works with crossing the line back into the kingdom of light. If we find ourselves operating on the wrong side of the line, we can quickly return to the kingdom of light through repentance and faith. And I see repentance and faith like sisters. They work together. I believe they're both important, but dependent upon each other for balance. For example, if all we do is repent and repent and repent over and over, never using our faith to receive his forgiveness and our righteousness in him, we'll not live a victorious Christian life. If we make a mistake and repent due to the sorrow in our heart and then crawl up in a corner of worthlessness, we'll not be able to walk in the spirit and use the authority Christ has given us to reign in life. On the other hand, if we do not have a heart of repentance and sorrow when we make a mistake, and all we do is claim we're forgiven and then continue in our bad behavior, we'll never achieve the walk in the Spirit that grace has given us the power to accomplish. I see repentance and faith as a lifestyle for Christians. If we never made mistakes, we would not have to be concerned. But all of us have made mistakes, and we are most likely to make a few more in our future. Repentance and faith working together will keep us humble and strong during times of obedience and in times of failure. Thank God for his amazing grace. Is there a scripture to confirm this? Yes, and it is written to those who confess Jesus Christ as their Lord. The book of 1 John is written to those who have fellowship with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. And that's what it says in chapter 1, verse 3. Let's read 1 John chapter 1, verses 5 through 10. This is the message which we have heard from him and declare to you that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. If we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus Christ his son cleanses us from all sin. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say that we have not sinned, we make him a liar and his word is not in us. And then 1 John chapter 2, verses 1 through 2, it says, My little children, these things I write to you so that you may not sin. And if anyone sins, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. And he himself is the propitiation for our sins. And not for ours only, but also for the whole world. In order to walk in the Spirit and gain victory over the flesh, we'll need to know and understand who we are in Him. It is called our new creation reality. And here are a few examples. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 30 says, 
but of him you are in Christ Jesus, who became for us wisdom from God and righteousness and sanctification and redemption. And 2 Corinthians 5.17, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. And then Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10, For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God had prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Wow, don't let Satan push you in a corner when you've made a mistake. Repent. Immediately thank God for his righteousness. And as Jesus directed the woman caught in adultery, go and sin no more. Walking in the light or walking in darkness, the choice is entirely ours. Remember, we will reap what we sow. John twelve forty six. I have come as a light into the world that whoever believes in me should not abide in darkness. And finally, Luke eleven thirty five. Therefore, take heed that the light which is in you is not darkness. Two kingdoms, God's kingdom and Satan's kingdom. Stay on the right side and sow in the spirit. Tune in tomorrow, same time, same place. I call you blessed. You have been listening to the Choose You Netcast with Jim Langlois. If you have enjoyed this program, you can find out more about Jim Langlois Ministries on the Master's House website at tmhnow.org. That's tmhnow.org. On the media tab, you can listen to many more messages, subscribe to my daily devotional emails, and follow the link to my blog site. If you'd like to write me or become a financial partner with this ministry, my address is the Master's House, Post Office Box 1568, Mechanicsville, Virginia, 23116. That's the Master's House, Post Office Box 1568, Mechanicsville, Virginia, 23116. Online donations can also be made at tmhnow.org, and my email address is pastorjim at tmhnow.org. This is Jim Langlois saying be blessed, you and your whole household. Until next time. Choose you this day, but that's for me and my house, me and my house, me and my house.